As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This episode of the Bear Stock Underground is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or in social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in sports drink. Spelled like sports drink, but without the vowels. So S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let out the funk. <laughs> What's up, guys? Here we are. Week two review. I, uh, I apologize for my tardiness. Uh, nothing serious uh, going on. I appreciate everybody's concern, uh, the well wishes and everything. Uh, when I made the announcement this afternoon that, um, you know, basically the episode wasn't coming uh, on Monday today. Um, but, you know, as much as I don't want to talk about this game, because in the end it just turned out to be, uh, you know, a game that we were hoping would be different. Win or lose, we were hoping there would be something different about this game, something about the way the Bears Lost, like uh, you know, you heard me talk about with Evan Western uh, on the preview episode on Thursday about how I would like for there to be a bit more, you know, feel like there was a li- a bit more respect, like it cost the Packers something to to win the game as opposed to just doing what they do and and beating the Bears the old fashioned way because they're just simply better than us no matter what, and um, that's pretty much what we got. I mean, we we had a little bit of a fight there uh, at the end, and I'm sure everyone's kind of stuck on the did he score didn't he score he did it's over the pylon it's over the line but even the guy on tv said it was but it's not clear and obvious so they can't just give it to us blah 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 in the end the you know rogers did what it basically whatever he wanted um and in the end we didn't do enough to beat them and again making mistakes, costing ourselves opportunities and things like that. It was a big old bag of the same old shit. So it's, it's, that's what's so aggravating about it. So uh, even though I waited a whole day to, uh, to do it, I still want to just go ahead and get this over with. So let's get it done. This is the week two review episode of the Bear Stalk Underground. So let's get to it. So our beloved travel into Lambeau on Sunday night. And um, I don't know how many of you watch Go, uh, Good Morning Football, but the uh, Kyle Brandt, who has been a guest on the show, by the way, uh, said it perfectly with the enough national TV Bears-Packers games. You know, because I know we as, a ba- we as a fan base don't enjoy this. You know, we're still excited about it. We're always look forward to uh, to these to these matchups, you know, an opportunity to beat the Packers and uh, and all that kind of stuff, and the the you know the national TV just kind of raises the stakes because if we beat the Packers, then the the world saw us do it, 
kind of thing. But we're just we're not ready yet. We're not ready yet. One one of the things that was different about yesterday's game was some of the comments from outsiders talking about the Bears and how, you know, it looks like we're on the right path. We have a plan in place with Ryan Poles and how he's constructing this team, Eberflus with his uh with the culture that he's uh, establishing. Uh, with the team, you know, Chris Collinsworth says these guys are. It feels like they've they've got a plan in place and it, they're on the right path and it's headed in the right direction. Even though we're only two games into this new regime, it's something that he sees. He likes the effort that he saw from the defense, as did I. Um, but in the end, you know, we just don't have the horses to match up with Green Bay right now, and and that's, I guess, that's a comforting thing coming out of it. Is that you know we seem to have everything that we need except the, the athletes to, to, to be able to go one-on-one uh, with Green Bay, to, to be able to have those uh, favorable matchups and, and, and not look like such a mismatch on paper anymore. That will come with time. So unfortunately, that's something that we're going to have to wait for. In the meantime, we're going to have to play games like we did against San Francisco to beat teams like Green Bay. And when we, we lost the penalty battle uh, again, we... we um, <clears throat> lost the time of possession, which was when you lose time of possession to Green Bay, you're going to lose every single time because that means Aaron Rodgers had more time to carve you to pieces. He had more opportunities to put points on the board and do what he does. He's a Hall of Famer. There's no, de- there's no denying that. He's one of the greatest of all time. And, uh, you know, much as you hate to say it because the guy's such a prick, uh, you know, he is one of the best. And you can't keep giving the ball back to him. You can't go three and out for four straight drives, essentially, and just keep giving the ball back to him. You know, at halftime, we were losing time of possession 20 20 minutes and change to our nine minutes and change. That's, he had a whole quarter and and a third of of time of possession uh, in the first half, and it's no wonder they had 24 points to show for it when we barely had nine minutes and we only had seven. So we'll we'll get more into that as as we move along here, but... You know, it was a game where we were hoping that there would be change established here, you know, and maybe we did change some opinions like Chris Collinsworth and people that were pretty much saying the same thing that he was, that, um, you know, a lot of people feel like the Bears are on the right track, but we're not there yet. We don't have the talent. And that's that, they've been saying that from the beginning. I think some people might be softening on the idea of us being one of the worst teams in football. But uh, they're not softening on the idea that the talent level isn't where it needs to be. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, – so I guess it's a six-in-one-hand, half-a-dozen-in-the-other type situation where, you know, people think that we're, we're on the right path right now, but 2022 is just going to be a season where we're trying to get there. And uh, we're going to be uh, developing guys this year, uh, developing, you know – Developing solid players as opposed to uh, developing superstars uh, like they are over there in, in, in Green Bay and in other franchises across the uh, across the league. So, yeah, tough pill to uh, swallow. Uh, and real quick, before we dive into everything, I want to let everybody know because uh, I was getting the uh, the well wishes and things like that today when I was uh, when I announced that the day this episode would be a day late uh, for the review episodes. The uh, instead of Monday, Tuesday for the Bears-Packers review, and then Wednesday for the NFL uh, reviews. It's it's simple. Uh, my schedule got pushed back a day. Uh, I was planning on coming back home uh, from uh, from visiting the family 
uh, in the Chicagoland area. I was planning on coming home on Saturday so that I would have, you know, Saturday night and then all day Sunday to, to unpack because I was gone for two weeks to, to unpack, to get everything put back in place, like my workstation here because uh, I work from home, to get the podcast uh, equipment uh, all plugged back in and set up uh, again and to be able to just settle and relax and, you know, prepare for the work week that's ahead. Well, unfortunately, for reasons I won't get into, nothing serious or, or anything like that, uh, I wasn't able to do that. So I wasn't able to, to leave my dad's until about 1 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. It's about a four, four-and-a-half-hour commute from his house in Indiana to my apartment in Cedar Rapids. So I was, uh, you know, after making a couple of pit stops, add another half-hour onto that. So I wasn't getting home until just after 6 o'clock, which meant I had about an hour to do all the stuff that I'd ha- I planned on having about a full day uh, to do, unpacking and all that stuff. And uh, by the time the Bear game was over, which was an experience all into itself, uh, all I wanted to do was go to bed. So I got the knee-jerk reactions um, from my phone onto uh, the computer and went to bed with the full intention of getting up early on Monday morning to uh, record the show before I started work uh, for the day. Well, I did not unpack my alarm clock, but I set one on my phone, and apparently when it went off this morning, when I went to snooze it, I just killed it. So, cause they didn't go off again or I didn't have another, uh, I didn't get another, uh, you know, alarm to go off, but I did wake up like three and a half hours later. So I was technically about two hours late for work this morning and all the rest of that fun stuff. So that's why everything got pushed back a day. Cause I wasn't going to be able to get to it until, uh, I was done with work at five in the afternoon and all that kind of stuff. So there it is. Nothing wrong. No, uh, nothing you know, everything is well. Everything just got pushed back a day. And then I, you know, bungled the alarm situation this morning. So uh, there you have it. So all is well in the, in the, in the dire galaxy, uh, if you will. So, well, except for this loss that we took yesterday, especially with how, you know, maybe I just set myself up for, for, for aggravation by being so excited uh, about this game. But I really did want to see the team that played the 49ers play the Packers. Uh, you know, I, I really did. And, uh, I, and, and we got some of that in, in pieces. Uh, we certainly got that on the opening drive uh, of the football game. Seven plays, 71 yards, three and a half minutes off the board. Boom, touchdown. You know, we pretty much just imposed our will on the Packers on that first one. Uh, it was the only drive we had, though, in the first quarter because the, the Packers settled for a field goal on there. I mean, you'll hear me talk about an e-jerk reaction, but... You know, and then they, they finished up the entire uh, quarter with the, uh, w- with the ball uh, there as well. So, but, uh, you know, you'll start to hear, like, the hope and enthusiasm. Uh, you know, you'll hear that in my voice as I do the first quarter knee-jerk reaction, and then obviously you hear my attitude change as we go into halftime and into the third quarter uh, and so on. So let's go ahead and dive right in. It's the first quarter knee-jerk reaction where hope was abound and the Bears were actually winning the football game. (laughs) Knee-jerk reaction, Bears, Packers, first quarter. Pretty exciting stuff, man. Um, Rodgers and company start. Started with the football. And I got to say, I'm not liking something on defense. And that's penalties. 
We've already had a couple that have helped give the Packers yardage they did not earn. First play of the game. First play. I mean, it's a. Both of them are kind of ticky tack things that the NFL is emphasizing. So, of course, the referee is going to call anything close to it. But it's that that one penalty where the DB kind of like undercuts the offensive lineman to try to get around him to make the tackle. And they, they flagged Kendall Vildor, even though he made zero contact with the actual lineman uh, trying to make the tackle on the play. And actually what he was also trying to do was set the edge and, and force the running back back to the inside because the Packers were running it wide. Ends up being a 15-yard uh, penalty. And, you know, and, uh, tacked on to the run itself. So, ridiculous. But the good news is the Bears did the same thing they did with San Francisco, which was bend but not break and force a field goal attempt. So the Packers score in their opening drive but have to settle for the three points. Then the Bears come out seven plays, 71 yards, three and a half minutes. We're running the ball. Montgomery's already got more yards probably running than he did last week combined with his 17 carries. He only had like 25, 26 yards on 17 carries. He he legit had at least 20, if not more, on the opening drive. A really nice play action throw to, actually it was a flea flicker, to Equinemius St. Brown, which I'm sure he enjoyed being the former Packer and everything. And the Bears on the play fake get Justin Fields rolling to the outside, runs it in for the touchdown to take a 7-3 to lead. Right now, the Packers are driving the ball again. We've had another penalty, this time on Jaquan Brisker, illegal contact. That's more of a rookie thing that he's making contact he got away with in college but won't get away with in the NFL. So hopefully that was more of a learning experience for him and we can move forward from there. But the Packers are in the red zone looking to retake the lead. Hopefully we, we bend but not break again, force another field goal, and uh, keep the Packers uh, at bay. So the first quarter, you know, it, it was a nice back and forth, and I was hoping that it was a – a sign of what kind of football game this was going to be. It was going to be a back and forth uh, struggle, you know, that uh, it was going to be important uh, to do what the bears did in the, uh, in the first quarter, which was, you know, the Packers drove down the field, but uh, you know, the defense, uh, you know, threw up the wall uh, in the red zone, forced the field goal. Whereas the bears drove down the field, took less time and scored quickly put a touchdown on the board, finished the drive, made it into the end zone, you know, and, and uh, the Packers seem to be on the verge of having to settle for another uh, field goal, but uh, it was really concerning how easily they were running the football, you know, it, it, from the first couple of games that we've seen so far, run defense seems to be a weakness for us at this point because our pass rush, once again, uh, was pretty great. Uh, Travis Gibson, uh, registered a couple of sacks in this one. Dominique Robinson getting in uh, on the act, uh, you know, recovered a fumble uh, in this one uh, as well. Robert Quinn got his first sack of the season. Lots of pressure uh, on Rodgers in the first half. Not so much in the second, but definitely in the first. But it was the pass rush pressure was there all day. He didn't have all year to throw the ball uh, like he did in, in most of these uh, matchups. He couldn't just stand back there. Uh, and pick us apart. He had to throw through hands and, you know, around players and things like that. I mean, he's still making the throws, but it's they were basically kind of contested throws. He had to throw with a hand in his face kind of thing, and that's progress in my opinion. 
Um, but it, it was really concerning how well they were running uh, the ball. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I don't have uh, the all-22s uh, or anything to go back and, and really look at, but it, it seemed to be that the, the defensive linemen – were were shooting their gaps, therefore getting the pres the like the penetration uh, that they need, and it was the second level that wasn't filling the holes. So we're talking about our linebackers and possibly even our safeties uh, getting into the box and getting to where they uh, needed to be. Uh, too many times did we see uh, Kylo Gordon, who's who I think is going to be a solid player uh, for us in this league, a really good bookend to uh, Jalen Johnson and everything. Uh, how many times, even though it's it's his responsibility to set the edge and force the running back inside where his help is, but uh, for him to just absolutely come flying by, not under control or uh, or anything like that, I was like, I know that uh, that Eberflus wants to get you to get there fast, but I also think he still wants you to make the tackle. Just because you got there and went flying by him doesn't mean you did your job. Um, but uh, that we saw that a lot from Kyler Gordon. We also saw him slipping a lot. I know there was some rain uh, and things like that as well. You want to blame the field conditions, go right ahead. But uh, it, it, I think it happened a little bit too often uh, last night where uh, we didn't get the help from the second level. And, and there's been a lot of talk about how ineffective Roquan Smith has been uh, so far in his new position. I've seen a lot of people suggesting – you know, just fans and experts alone, uh, as well, I should say, uh, suggesting maybe he should be the middle linebacker uh, instead of the uh, the weak side guy, like uh, the Lance Briggs uh, of the offense, because he's apparently he's not handling it uh, very well at this point. So, but uh, you know, I, I was hoping that the first quarter would be an indication of the football game we were going to get the the back and forth, and for it to be uh, the battle that the Bears Niners game was, but with points. This time, I thought that would be a lot of fun to have a game like that. Uh, unfortunately, when we uh, made it into the second quarter, right away Green Bay takes the lead, and we also teleport back into you know time where the Packers just do whatever the hell they want, and the the offense goes three and out and does nothing, and we watch the the game get away from us. <laughs> Knee jerk reaction: second quarter, Bears, Packers. Ah, shit, man. I just, yeah, literally the first play of the second quarter where I was talking about the Bears defense continuing to bend and not break. Well, they broke on the first play where uh, Aaron Jones just ran right through the heart of the defense for a touchdown to make it 10-7 and continued on to a 21-0 second quarter for the Packers. They lead 24-7 going into the half. Ever since our seven-play, 71-yard drive that led to the opening touchdown, we have gone three and out three times, and we ran just one play here on the on – because the, the, the Packers just scored again to make it 24-7. We got the ball back with about 30 seconds to go. We ran a screen play that got about four yards, and that was it. So we've run ten plays – and since the opening drive, we've run 10 plays and gained, I think, 10 yards. I, and I, that's not a joke because the, the three and out for the Bears on those three play on those three drives, I think, combined for six yards plus the three or four that we got. So it's either 10 care, 10 plays for nine yards or 10 plays for 10. Either way, 
both are pathetic and uh, they're not going to get this done. So uh, we're down three scores uh, to the Packers in Lambeau. It is starting to rain, so maybe we resurge in the second half or something. We do start with the ball, so maybe we can do something there. But uh, if the second quarter is any indicator, this is going to be a long night. And uh, I've been waiting all this t- all this week for this game for fucking nothing. This sucks. <laughs> Just call me Red from Shawshank Redemption, where hope is a dangerous thing. Uh, it definitely can be during Bears Packers week when you're a Bears fan. To have any kind of hope uh, is uh, foolish. Um, it's uh, and it's uh, it's a painful endeavor. Uh, you're you're almost always going to be disappointed. And uh, as you can see, that's how I felt at halftime, considering how well the first quarter went offensively and defensively. Uh, even though defensively there was still a bit more bend than uh, we would have liked, but in the end we were winning, and uh, we figured that, hey, man, maybe the offense is going to be different this time. Because if you guys remember, one of the bigger problems in the Bears-Packers series was that we were never able to score enough points to win, even when the defense gave an effort that gave us a shot. You know, so many games that we had where the Packers would win like 17-10 to or, you know, 17-14, uh, th- those kinds of uh, ball games where the defense gave us an effort and we were able to eke out just enough points uh, to win. But there were also so many games where where the Packers won one score games that if we, you know, if we had a bit more firepower on offense or we had a better strategy on offense or whatever the situation was, you know, and it's not like the Packers have always been this dominant, this historically great defensive team. It's just like for one reason or another, they had our number. They were able to do whatever they needed to do and take their 20th-ranked defense and shut us down for four quarters, and we weren't able to score enough points to beat the Packers even though we only gave up 17 points or we only gave up 13 points and you know things like that. There was that one game in 2010 where if the Bears beat the Packers at Lambeau week 16, week 17, we keep them out of the playoffs, and instead we lost that game 10-3. to we only gave up 10 points to the Packers in that game, and we still lost. So, Sam, what, I mean, hell, 2019. Week one, 2019, the whole world watching, Thursday night football, Soldier Field kicking off the 100th season of the NFL. Five sacks, we held the Packers to like 40 yards rushing, uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. The only thing we didn't do was force a turnover and score points. We, we lost that game 10 to 3. That's that's like the that, that's a typical Bears game. That's the, those are the two things that either the Packers win a really close game where if we had just brought our offense with us, we could have easily won or the Packers, they kill us like they did last night. So those are the two most likely scenarios when the Bears and Packers uh, get together. So and it's uh, and it's aggravating to keep watching it play itself out over and over and over again. So, I mean, you, you heard how, you know, I was, and it was just the tiniest bit of optimism because of everything that had happened in the NFL that day, even though it never, it didn't, it didn't have anything to do with uh, the Bears or the Packers or whatever. It's just that the, the, if they pulled it off, the Bears would not have been the only ones who had pulled off a huge comeback to win late in the game. The Cardinals did it to the Raiders, the, um, Oh, who was it? Um, 
Now it's all leaving me again, but it doesn't matter. We, we, we came up short. There were three games like that uh, yesterday. And, uh, you know, we would have been number four if we could have pulled it off. And we were on our way. You'll hear me talk about it after the fourth quarter. But, uh, you know, going into the third quarter, we, we, we came out. And, and just, to, you know, spoiler alert, we went three and out on the opening drive uh, of the second quarter. <laughs> we went three and out. Because I'm looking at the, the plays right now. It was seven-yard gain for Justin Fields. Justin Fields sacked on second down for a seven-yard seven loss. So we gave those yards back. And then Justin Fields throws it to David Montgomery for seven yards. So we got right back to where we were on second down. But three and out. And Trenton Gill punted 57 yards. He actually had a pretty decent day kicking the ball. But nonetheless... First opening opening drive, three and out. And so that made after after the opening drive touchdown, we had three three and outs, then the one play to finish off the half, and then another three and out. So in five drives, or you know, essentially five drives, but four real drives, four three and outs, and then the one play to close out the uh the first half. It's when we're down three scores. So it that's no recipe for uh, success there. But um, you heard me talk about here uh, in the third quarter, and I think I even start talking about the comebacks that had it, you know, going into the fourth quarter, seemingly on better ground with the Packers as far as, like, we held them scoreless uh, in the third quarter, but it's still a two-score lead, and the offense isn't exactly figuring it out. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears-Packers, and, uh, well, the... Uh, the good news is we've uh, we won the third quarter, three to nothing. It is twenty four to ten, going into the fourth quarter. Um, the defense has done a better job of buckling down on this Packer offense. We're still getting gashed in the running game, but we're back to the bend but don't break. As a matter of fact, we forced a turnover uh, with a fumble from AJ Dillon on the previous drive which the Bears were able to get their first first down since the opening drive and settled for a field goal from Santos, about 44 yards to make it 24 to 10. And then we almost got another one. Um, the Packers have been doing this thing where they've been motioning Christian Watson across the uh, formation, and the, the center either, either – Either he snapped the ball or Watson's timing was off. However, regardless of what it, what it is, uh, Watson got hit by the ball and it goes spiraling into the backfield. And uh, Robert Quinn almost beat Aaron Rodgers to the ball. Rodgers got there first. It spun it out some more. And I believe it was Dylan that covered it uh, back there. But it made it from like second and eight to third and 22. And the Bears were finally able to shut him down on third down again. So... Um, the Packers are going to start the fourth quarter punting the ball back to the Bears. I anticipate we'll be deep in our own territory with it, though, because uh, I think the Packers are around the 40-ish yard line or so. So um, we have some life. It's a two-score game, and uh, not for nothing, but this has been a crazy day in the NFL. There have been three like double-digit, come-from-behind wins, all by road teams today. So I, I tweeted it out earlier before the game even started. 
Could the Bears cap off this crazy Sunday by being the team that puts Green Bay in an 0-2 hold? It doesn't look like we will, but it didn't look like the Jets or the Cardinals or who is the other team? I forget. That any of those other three... Oh, the... Uh, no, I, no, no I, I lost it. But it didn't look like any of those other teams would win either, and they did. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> it was the Jets and the Dolphins and the Cardinals. It was the Dolphins who scored 28 points in the fourth quarter to beat the Ravens. Uh, I think it was at least a 14-point comeback, if not more, for the Jets to beat the Browns and then the Cardinals uh, with their crazy win over uh, the Raiders uh, in Vegas. So those are the teams that I was trying to remember uh, at the moment. And, uh, yeah, so a little bit of hope. Once again, hope being the dangerous thing. And, uh, you know, but the third quarter – uh, like I said, we 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 buckled down uh, on defense. The Packers were still making having their way with us. Essentially, I was just looking at the plays uh, while the reaction was playing, and it just uh, Dylan for seven, Dylan for five, Dylan for thirty six. And but what stopped the Packers on those drives were the turnovers. The one where um, and it was more of a a mess because it says in the in the in the play that Aaron Rodgers fumbled the ball. Well, it was fumbled as Rodgers was handing it to Dylan, so I guess it would, technically would be uh, Rodgers' fumble because he was the one who was handling the football at the moment. But, um, you know, that was the one that was recovered from Mike Pennell uh, in the backfield uh, for, you know, to, to get the ball. And then the other one that bounced off of Christian Watson as he was crossing uh, the formation uh, and everything is what put the Packers, you know, in third and long situation where they weren't able to convert and have to give the ball uh, back to us. So it, it it really wasn't so much the, the the Bears stopping Green Bay so much as Green Bay was making the mistakes that were helping the Bears out uh, kind of thing. And I'm not trying to take anything away from the defense, but that's just what the difference was between the second quarter and the third quarter. In the second quarter, Green Bay wasn't, wasn't making those mistakes. In the third quarter, they did and they were stocking, stopping themselves. Because as long as they were running the football, they were fine. If they were passing the ball, then our pass rush had the chance to get after Rodgers and disrupt things and, uh, and what have you. And while Rodgers still had a pretty decent day uh, throwing the football, he didn't light us up like he usually uh, does. He only had uh, 234 yards passing, but he was 19 of 25. So if he threw the ball, there was going to be a completion at the end of it uh, in most cases. So... You know, but it wasn't one of those where he threw for 360 and four or five touchdowns uh, on us, which he has done before. Um, it was just one of those where the running game was what was working, so they were going to stick to that because, uh, was it uh, Aaron Jones finished with 132 yards on 15 carries, 8.8 yards a carry. I mean, hell, Dylan still had 61 yards on 18 yards, a more average, if you will, 3.8 yards uh, per carry uh, yesterday. But, you know, it's like, please leave Aaron Jones on the sideline and keep handing the ball to A.J. Dillon because I'll take the three yards in a cloud of dust. At least we'll have a chance there. But Aaron Jones just shooting right through uh, those open gaps and whatnot, making the right cuts and what have you, averaging nearly nine yards a carry for the entire game. Very, very bad for us. So the third quarter, uh, the Packers were helping us help ourselves um, 
by, uh, you know, making some mistakes and uh, helping us uh, win the third quarter, three to nothing, as I said, and giving this old fool some hope that maybe we can be one of those teams that cap off this crazy Sunday with another uh, wild comeback. I mean, it was in the fourth quarter where we scored two touchdowns against the 49ers. The first one to take the lead, the second one to put it away. It's like, well, if we score uh, in the fourth quarter, you know, we can get some momentum going. We start believing in ourselves uh, again, and, uh, you know, things could be different. Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> New Jerk reaction, fourth quarter, Bears and Packers. And uh, this is going to get talked about a lot. Uh, I don't know what difference it would have made in the end, considering that when Green Bay got the ball back, they pretty much held on to it. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, the controversy is going to be the, the, uh, the Justin Fields uh, sneak on fourth and inches at the goal line. Um, obviously, it, a lot is going to be made about the fact that we ran that play out of the shotgun as opposed to being under center and just having Justin extend his arms over the goal line. We're literally six inches from the goal line, and we're running shotgun on this play. And Justin Fields, instead of taking the running start to maybe jump over the pile, just lowers his head and runs into the pile. I mean, a lot of things went wrong on this play. It's unbelievable. But... um, you know, it was 24 to 10 at the time. It would have made it at least 24 to 17. And who knows where the game goes from there? You know, maybe the momentum, it spurs the defense. We get the ball back and we're talking about something different right now. Instead, um, you know, a lot to be questioned about the way the offense was run uh, today. Like all the success we had on the opening drive. And then we didn't really see anything like it for the rest of the first half and into the second half. And, you know, after starting the game 7 nothing, we lose it. Or excuse me, starting the game 7-3, to we lose 24-3 to the rest of the way. So, you know, we saw some flashes, some things I really liked with the way we ran the football, especially on that not-touchdown drive at the end where both Herbert and Montgomery were just beasting down the field uh, and everything. And even after doing that, for all of those plays to get the ball to that point, we don't trust the offensive line to get enough of a push to get us in the end zone from under center. Justin Fields has to get a running start from the shotgun uh, position. And it's just it's one of those things that's going to be analyzed all week long, and I'm sure we'll hear about it in 11 weeks when we play him again, week 13, God forbid. But uh, anyway... That's it. We uh, the Packers had a field goal late, and uh, they win it twenty-seven to ten. Bears fall to one and one. We head back home to take on the Texans next Sunday, and uh, hopefully we can uh, get one over on uh, Lovey and the Texans and get back uh, in the win column. So let's talk about that play. Um, first of all, before the ball's even snapped, I know I'm not alone. I know that you're all probably thinking the same thing. Why are we in the shotgun? Why are we in the shotgun? Are we trying to fool Green Bay into thinking we're going to be throwing the ball here uh, or anything like that? If we're thinking about throwing the ball, why the hell are we thinking about throwing uh, the ball? Why isn't Justin under center? Why isn't Blassing Game our, our fullback in front of Montgomery 
and why aren't we just running a straight, running it straight up the guts, just ISO, but, but, you know, or, or Bob, back on backer, run it right up the gut, you know, just, why, why, why didn't we do those things? I mean, it, it seemed like we, we were finally taken over by a coaching staff that, uh, follows logic and reason when it comes to determining things. And for the most part, that has worked out for us. Uh, as you, you know, as I was saying at the beginning, one of the biggest problems that we have right now is the talent deficit. We, we don't have the horses to compete with the best in the NFL right now. But like with the effort we gave against San Francisco, that's going to help us stay in games and maybe even steal one or two as we go through. If we play like we did last night, it's going to be another season like last year where we're completely aggravated and we get to play with the what-if scenarios uh, every single day. I mean, if, if you want to sit there and talk about how you know he scored the touchdown uh, and everything, you want to talk about what-ifs, it's like, well, what if instead of landing on his knee when uh, you know Fields was running towards the pylon that set up that play, what if he just full-on dives? And the only thing that, uh, you know, touches the, the, the pylon or the only thing that touches, period, is the ball when it hits the pylon, which would have been a touchdown, and not his knee that landed as the ball was about, a, you know, three or four inches short uh, of, the, of the goal line. You know, what if he just full-on Superman dives at the pylon and, you know, lands on his chest instead of landing on his knee to brace his fall or whatever? I know it's, you know a reflex and everything. He didn't do that on purpose, but it just, what if? What if he takes off three inches later and that's, the, uh, that's all he needed, you know? We're going to play with this what if nonsense all we want. But, uh, you know, what if we don't come in and shotgun? What if, you know, we bring in blasting game? Because they know we're going to run the ball. That's how we got there. And I would have th- really liked it, really liked it if we'd have shown the balls to come up to the line of scrimmage with a fullback behind, you know, with Montgomery behind him, be like, okay, here we go. You have Kenny Clark, your $17 million a year nose guard, and uh, he's going to have to make a play here because we're running right at him. Let's go get him and just have Corey Blazingame running through, or Kari Blazingame, excuse me, run in there, just lower his head and, you know, refrigerate a parry, a hole uh, in there that's just enough for Montgomery to get through and score the touchdown. Leave no doubt. Uh, instead, uh, you know, we do a shotgun. And, you know, and what if that is, uh, I don't know if we're, I don't know, man. Like, what if we're, we were doing that because, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Were we having an issue with the center quarterback exchange? We did have a, a fumble uh, on a, uh, we did have a fumbled snap uh, in the game. Did we not want a chance, a fumbled snap at the goal line? type thing or, you know, or whatever the situation was, and that's why shotgun was a safer option uh, or, or what have you. But, uh, you know, it was just, it was a wrong call from the beginning. I mean, everyone was, was out there like, what's the, why? Why are we running a shotgun? Shotgun? Really? Fourth and goal from the three-inch line, we're running shotgun? So, yeah, I, I feel like that was one of those where Getsy tried to be the smartest guy in the room and ended up, tricking himself because Green Bay was not fooled. So, and that was the ball game. That was it right there. Cause it's, it's, uh, it's, then it boils down to, to what if, what if we score? 
And uh, like I said in the, in, the, in the action, what if that juices us and the defense just goes right in, shuts them all down, three and out, boom, we get the ball back, we keep handing it off to Herbert and Montgomery and just pound it right up their ass for another touchdown. Now we got a tie ball game. Now what are you going to do? We got all the momentum now. So, but we'll never know because it didn't happen. And say that he scored and circle all the, the shadows and of his arms and things like that. All you want, it doesn't matter. That play was doomed from the start. And, um, you know, like I said, if I, I, I would have, like as soon as the ball was snapped and I saw Fields just tuck the ball in and start running, I knew we were in trouble. Because I, I was hoping that this super athletic four by, you know, 4.4, 40-yard uh, quarterback was just getting a running start so he could jump over the pile which would have been a poetic thing to do a Walter Payton dive in a Bears-Packers game would have been pretty sweet. But he didn't do that. He uh, lowered his head and, uh, you know, tried to muscle his way through, and that uh, did, not, did not work out. So, you know, and then the fourth quarter, we've got Green Bay backed up to the three-inch line. Of course, they, they run the football to get themselves out of traffic, and then a play or two later uh, was Rodgers' kill shot. It wasn't a touchdown, but it was a 55-yard pass to Sammy Watkins that got them into our territory and out of trouble. That's where they added the final field goal that really put the game uh, away. But that was when, you know, Rodgers did his thing to put an end to this uprising by the Bears, if you will, and uh, cement the fact that uh, we're still not ready to beat the Packers yet. So the only silver lining for me was that even though I hated to do it, I picked Green Bay to win, and they did, so... That's like being happy about, uh, you know, somebody on your fantasy team scoring a touchdown against your team uh, in, the, in a game. So that's how good that feels. But anyway, guys, that's it. That's the, uh, that's the review. And, um, you know, it's, it was uh, a frustrating game, you know, especially in the second quarter, watching them march up and down the field and score so easily as they have over the years. Uh, and everything it was a hard pill to uh to swallow watching this team play so tough and then just you know not quit but we definitely rolled over in the second half we had no answer for them whatsoever three touchdowns 24 to 7 at halftime and uh you know we're, we're back to uh praying for a miracle as opposed to what i was hoping the first quarter was alluding to was this back and forth uh battle between these heated rivals so we're still rivals, but it's not a rivalry again yet, and I'm on board with Kyle Brandt. Stop putting this goddamn game on national television. Just, that's enough, you know, but on behalf of every Bears fan and probably most football fans. I mean, I know most football fans probably avoid this game just because we're more than likely going to get our asses kicked on national television and it won't make for a very exciting game. Why would I want to watch that? So... I would be a big fan if we could just go back to playing this game at noon until these teams are in a position. Because you always, you know, put the Bears and Packers games in the later half of the schedule. Say we don't play Green Bay till week seven, week eight, or whatever. So you can flex them into the Sunday night game if you want to, you know. But originally, when the schedule comes out in, in April or May or whenever it comes out, both games at noon. Or hell, maybe even three o'clock. Let it be the national Fox game uh, or something. Why does it always have to be nationally televised Sunday night, Thursday night, Monday night? Why? 
Enough. Put it back to noon. Home and away. I don't give a damn. I don't, I don't want to see the Bears losing primetime in Soldier Field either. So, yeah, let's put a stop to that. Just put it back on noon. And, and like I said, if, if the NFL's got to have their Bears-Packers uh, night game or whatever, put it in the later half of the schedule so you can flex it into the Sunday night spot. It's like, say you play week eight. The, you know, the Packers are five and one or six and one. The Bears are four and two. There's a game people will want to see on Sunday night football. That'd be interesting. Two good football teams, very close. Game could be for first place in the division, so on and so forth. Yeah, let's do that. That game has stakes. Flex that into the into the Sunday night spot. Let's do that. Stop scheduling it there at any point in the season. Just stop it. It's it's not a nationally televised. It's not worthy of national television at this point. It's just not. So until we can find our way back to level ground with the Packers, I would like to stop seeing us get our ass kicked uh, on uh, on national television. Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night, I don't care. I want it to stop. So let's just let me be miserable from 12 to 3 uh, as like, like everybody else as opposed to having to wait all night. Uh, you know, that terrible Carrie Underwood uh, theme song. I, I don't know why she's been doing it. She just absolutely sucks at it, but. You know, I, I I always like Pink's version. Like when they the very first season, Pink was the girl, and her her version was awesome. And I think there was somebody between her and Carrie Underwood, but doesn't matter. Carrie Underwood's terrible. I think she's shit anyway. But anyway, all that aside, <laughs> that's it for the uh, review. Let's go ahead and uh, close this deal out. Everybody's favorite segment: Bear up, bear down. <laughs> Bear up, bear down for week number two. Uh, we lost this one, so obviously the list is not going to be near as long as it was last week against the uh, 49ers. Uh, right off the bat, I want to bear up Travis Gibson. Uh, for someone who I read an article about this week, about him maybe losing favor uh, with the coaching staff and that out of our pass rushers, maybe he's number four uh, with Quinn, Muhammad, uh, and you know the two-sack performance from Robinson last week and Travis Gibson barely registering a, a stat uh, last week against the 49ers. Way to put yourself back into the heavy rotation uh, by getting two sacks uh, in the ball game. And uh, bear up to Robert Quinn for getting his first uh, of the year and do, doing Robert Quinn things where he's just bending his body in ways that shouldn't be humanly possible. We're watching him do it anyway and getting a big sack on Rodgers in the process. Uh, bear up Dominique Robinson. Um, doing things once again. He's, he's such, I'm really, really excited about what I've seen from him in the first couple of uh, weeks. Thought he played really well uh, last night uh, as well. Bear up Cairo Santos, two for two on kicks last night. An improvement, obviously, from last week. No elements to deal with for the most part. And, uh, you know, was able to put the kicks through and uh, make sure that we didn't have to uh, go for two or anything like that. Um, and then finally... Barrett Dave Montgomery had an uh, outstanding night running the ball. 15 carries, 122 yards, 8.1 yards a carry, and yet was not given the ball at the goal line on fourth and goal. Sounds like uh, Matt Nagy was in charge of that call. That, uh, that's definitely a Nagy move, in my opinion. So 
not a good, not a good showing. But Montgomery was awesome. A hell of a bounce back from last week's 17 carries for 26 yards uh, and everything. The only thing that was missing was a touchdown, which is what he should have had from the three-inch line uh, in the fourth quarter there. Put the fo- He's still our best player. I don't care what anybody says about Justin Fields. He's going to be an outstanding quarterback, especially when we start getting him some better talent around him. Or like when guys like Mooney and Komet actually show up for the football game. Now, I know it's not all their fault, but combined, the two of them, combined for one catch for negative four yards to Darnell Mooney. Uh, Komet dropped the only target he had in the football game and was a virtual non-factor for the rest of it. So bear down to both of those guys, uh, to Darnell Mooney and uh, Cole Komet. But Montgomery's still our best player. He is our best player. So getting the ball to him, either out of the backfield throwing it to him or just handing it to him, with or without Kari game in front of him, it was way cooler when there was a fullback running in front of him, opening up holes and things. But, uh, you know, there should never be any kind of discussion or debate about whose hands the ball needs to be in in a situation like that. Give it to Montgomery. Give it to him, especially with the way he was running the ball last night. I mean, it's not like that scenario took place. In I mean, hell, any time during this game would have been the best time for Montgomery any time that this game t- or this situation takes place in the game, Montgomery's the guy. But especially on that drive where Montgomery was just gashing them, gashing them, just running it right down their throats, why not let him finish it off? Makes no sense. Which leads to my first bear down, or I guess my third after Komet and, and Mooney. But bear down, Luke Getze. You, you don't want to remind us uh, of Matt Nagy, and you, you, you've done that. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not like it's a permanent scar that will never go away or anything, but in that moment, in that key critical moment, you, you made a Matt Nagy move there by not putting the ball in your best player's hands, not sticking with the hot hand that Maggie was no, Nagy was notorious for that shit. He would he would always take Montgomery off the field after he ran. Oh, eight, nine, eight, eight, eight. Eight yards of carry, 12 yards of carry, 15 yards of carry, just pounding it, pounding it, pounding it. Oh, no, that's enough of that. Let's bring somebody else in, change it up a little bit. Why? Keep giving him the ball. Unless he's taking himself out, do not take him out of the game. Keep giving him the ball and see what he's going to do to these guys. He's on a roll. But no. I don't remember, I mean, because he, he was standing next to somebody, Justin Fields. He was standing next to a running back. Montgomery was on the field. I remember seeing Montgomery's jersey, like his back to us on the replay of, uh, you know, like he was trying to help push the pile to get Justin in the end zone. So Montgomery was on the field, so that's progress as far as what Nagy would have done. He would have, he would have, he would have had uh, Montgomery ejected from the stadium, so he wouldn't have been anywhere near uh, the line of scrimmage uh, on that play. But give it to Montgomery. Do not. Not that Justin Fields isn't capable, but on that drive... Montgomery was the steam that drove the engine. Give him the goddamn ball and let him run it in. He's one of the toughest running backs in the league. Just give it to him. He'll get us three inches. Uh, my other bad rounds is for the defense and more specifically for the tackling in this game, especially in regards to the running game. Dylan and, uh, I mean, we did a better job of, of bottling up A.J. Dillon but Aaron Jones especially, running through arm tackles, just shooting right through 
uh, those gaps. I mean, the, def- the defensive linemen were, were shooting their gaps, opening up opportunities for the linebackers and the safeties behind them, and they weren't getting the job done. Uh, Roquan Smith being chief among them, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, there was a lot of arm tackling going on. What I, what I was seeing from the defense, and I hope that everybody got some, some loaf marks uh, in film study uh, and everything, I saw a lot of guys like Eddie Jackson, like Kyler Gordon, uh, even uh, uh, Kendall Vildor, I think, a time or two, tried to make a tackle by just crashing into the, uh, the receiver or the running back. Wrap up. Don't let him get away. You know, you're just a defensive back. Most of them are not strong enough to just run through and plow over a running back uh, or anything like that. Even if it's a wide receiver, get your arms around him and take him down. Enough of this highlight reel, uh, you know, are these attempts at making highlight reel tackles. Shit, just bring him down. Wrap your arms around him and bring him down. So poor tackling on the part of the defense uh, there. And then the last note was that third downs, for defense, the Packers were five for nine on third down. We can't, we can't have that. Can't have that, especially when it's the Packers, when it's Aaron Rodgers, letting him extend drives five times out of nine. Uh, just that's not good. We can't have that. Not in not in this game. So bear down uh, for the defense on that. And then finally, we do have a most valuable bear, even though we lost the football game, and it was David Montgomery. Fifteen carries, one hundred twenty-two yards, uh, eight point one yards a carry. Uh, a, a strong rebound from a disappointing performance a week ago against the 49ers, who clearly emphasized stopping David Montgomery because uh, they didn't seem to have a game plan for uh, Khalil Herbert. But when Montgomery was out there, it was all hands on deck, uh, 17 carries for 26 yards. But today, even though the Packers knew we were going to try to run the ball, they couldn't stop Montgomery. They had a hell of a time doing it. So eight yards a carry is not stopping him. And yet, he wasn't the one who got the ball in his hands at the goal line. So, take that for what you will. And take that as my closing remark for this episode. Come back tomorrow uh, on Wednesday. We'll wrap up the entire uh, league. I have some final thoughts on this Bears-Packers game. We'll talk about all the comebacks and uh, crazy finishes uh, for week number two and see how poorly I did with my picks because I don't think I did very well. Um, And uh, we'll see how I did the Monday night games might have saved me because I won them both but uh, I I, I don't think I uh, maybe I'm 500 this week we'll see but uh, anyway come on back tomorrow we'll go through the picks we'll talk about the games and uh, see how I did uh, with my picks picks in uh, week number two come on back for that tomorrow and until then my name is Larry D and this has been the Bears Talk Underground